Thank God. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, verse 6 this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Otherwise, we'll put it up on the screen. 1 Peter 5, verse 6. It says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. In the Amplified Classic, it says, casting the whole, verse 7, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. In the Amplified, the last part of that verse says, For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. We're going to read that in a few more versions, but I just want to say, you know, point this out as we're going along. It says, cast your care on him. But then it says, for, for he cares for you. You know, sometimes we focus on the, the first part of that and just we're trying not to worry, trying not to be anxious, trying to cast it all off and trying to get it off on off of us but it says there's another part of that verse that says for he cares for you for he cares for you which is the reason you're not worried which is the reason you're not anxious have you ever seen somebody that's upset you know they're starting to get worked up if you tell them don't worry calm down usually doesn't work out that well it has the opposite effect, especially, you know, you do that to your spouse. Well, what, you just calm down, get worried? <laughs> Wrong thing. That just amps it up, right? No? You guys just looking at me like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Never. Just telling somebody, you just be, you just don't, don't worry, don't, don't be anxious. That doesn't necessarily do anything. Of course, this is the word of God. You can do whatever he says, but God just doesn't tell you things in isolation. He said, don't be anxious because he cares for you. And you can't have, you, you can't do the first part of that verse without the second part of this. So he cares for you. Let's read the Amplified Classic again, then we'll go forward. It says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and about you watchfully. He cares for you affectionately, about you watchfully. Again, let's read the Amplify and we'll go to a couple more. He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. I want you to notice what it's saying because it's not, sometimes we can just take the, oh yeah, he cares for me, I get it, you know, we're going to be reading other verses, God loves me, whatever, but it's distant. These verses, the way, way this is said, this is not distant. This is very specific. This is, this is a picture of much more than just some distant God off in the distance. And you know, he, we know he cares, but does he really care? I mean, I don't feel cared for. Well, feelings, that's a whole other thing. That's why we're going over this. You don't go by what you feel about it. You go by what the Word says here. The Living Bible says, Let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything 
that concerns you. I don't think I read the rest of the Amplified. Go back there for a second. It says, with, he, he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. When you're doing something very carefully, that means you're taking your time. That means you're doing it with purpose. This is the way God cares about us. It's very carefully. In other words, he, if he, it's very carefully. He knows who you are. He knows everything about you. He knows what you're dealing with. He, it is not removed from his understanding the, the actual challenges of life. Don't let this be too simple for you this morning. So many people, you hear a verse, but let it impact your heart. Let it come to a different level this morning. Let the word minister to you that God's care for you is beyond so many times what religion tells us it is. He cares for us very carefully. It says he, he, he watches over you very carefully. That means attentiveness. That means he knows every detail of what you're dealing with in the natural life. He knows the pressures. He knows challenges. He knows things that, that you've seen maybe in the Word and that you're processing and where you're at. He understands and He knows and He cares. So let's go to, back to the, the Living Bible. Let Him have all your worries and cares, for He is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Well, nobody cares for me. That's a lie. God cares for you. If there's nobody else on this earth that you think cares for you, which is usually not true, watch self-pity. If you ever hear self-pity coming on, just reject it because it's not going to lead anywhere good. Well, nobody understands. That's not true. People have gone through similar things that we go through, and God certainly understands. And God does care. God is thinking about us continually. And you say, how does he do that? He's God. He can do, he can think about everybody and give attention to everybody at the same time. See, for me, this is not hard to understand. I mean, it's God. We understand he's God. But I come from a software background. And computers, when they're, you know, um, especially com powerful computers, uh, and you have a pretty powerful computer probably in your pocket or in your purse or on your chair right now in a, the, the form of a phone, you know, that those phones are more powerful than many, many computers decades ago. But those, those, those uh, computers, the phone can do multiple things at once. And it can make you think that those things are all happening at the same time, when in reality, it's switching back and forth very quickly to where to you, it seems like it's all happening at once. Well, God is infinite. He's infinitely fast. He, he, he is unlimited. So he can do everything at once. But even in the natural, there's a computers that they're servicing different requests at the same, you know, multiple things. They're, they're offloading it because they can't do two things at the same time. They're either switching it back so fast you can't tell. Or there's multiple things doing it. If we know that in the natural, that you get a big enough system, you can, you can serve billions of people at the same time. God's far above any man-made design computer system. How does he do it? He is so far beyond anything we can even comprehend. It's not even a blip of difficulty for him. 
So he can think about everybody. He can talk to everybody. He can process everything. And he can, he can help you in your life because he knows everything about it, everything that's happened in the past, everything that's going to happen, everything that's happening now. And, he, and here's the thing. He cares about it. Because if it was just he knows everything, see, that makes him impersonal. Great. I need help here. But he cares. So now you have that infinite being, the God of the universe, knows everything, and he actually cares about you in such detail. He's watching over you closely. He's thinking about you all the time. He, he's giving his care, his attention to you. So if that's true... Well, now I got the creator of the universe caring about me with all his resources. Well, now why would I then worry? See, if I really take that first part because, well, yeah, but there's this thing. Yeah, but you got to go back to this other part. If we really believe that, if we really believe he loves me, that'll do something with the other part. Because in the natural, if you know somebody in the natural in a certain area has your back, you go into a situation, I've been, you know, I've been in the business world, there were certain situations, you know, there's politics at some level, in every organization, somebody said it like this way, you just get three people together, there's politics. That's the definition of politics. Well, I'm not saying every organization is evil, but you know, there was things that would happen. You know, I, I worked for a multi-billion dollar multinational co corporation, and there's different areas and different you're know, trying to get stuff done but there's different areas you know I was in the software engineering area and of course there's other areas of engineering and then there's marketing and sales and you know sometimes there's stuff going on between them and people try to point fingers and sometimes you got to go into meetings to figure out what's going on and you know sometimes you're going into a meeting by yourself and there's other people and I remember going to some meetings it's like you know you're there with your peers but then they have their bosses there we're a little bit unbalanced you know, and I remember then there was some, but there was times then where it was like you thought it was going to be like that, but then your boss decided to show up. Well, now, okay, this is a different thing. They got your back. They're looking at it, and you can go in. That can alleviate concern because you're like, all right, we're going to get this done. You guys know what I'm talking about? In the natural, you could have somebody with you that you go into a situation, and it makes you, it, okay, so-and-so's here. So-and-so is here. You know, God, the, God is at your back. You know, that's what it's supposed to be like. You know, why, why you have a congregation of people that you're supposed to know and lay eyes on, not just watch on TV, is because you know people that have your back. You know you have a pastor that is got your back, that is there, if you need something, it, that can settle you. It's not God, but a representation. These are God's people on the earth. Brings it a little bit closer. You have, like somebody said, you know, you know, it's, it's nice to hear from somebody that has skin on. You know, you talk about God, but you hear the word through people that are like you. And it's, it's given uh, elite, uh, credence to the fact that God's word's true. You have a congregation of people that you know, that you know they have your back. Well, that can alleviate. That can help to, yeah, God, God is right, isn't he? He's, he's on the throne, isn't he? You come into a congregation where you're worshiping God together, that itself can just calm. Because you're, you're, it's God, but you're looking, you're, you're, you're with people that reminds you and points you to the fact that he is there. In the Phillips version, it says, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him 
for you are his personal concern. Personal concern. If somebody that you knew that had a lot of resources or that was special to you, that you were their personal concern this afternoon, you were going out and they were just spending time with you, there's a, there's a comfort there. There can be like a cocoon there, like, hey, it's all right here. Sometimes, you know, kids will go home and visit. You know, they're off, they're off uh, at college or whatever or haven't been home for a while. They come home into home. That can be like, huh, you know, it's all right here. We're at home. Let our hair down here. Well, God, we're his personal concern all the time. We can live in a place where we're aware that God loves us and that he cares for us, regardless of when then you're dealing with stuff that would push on you in this earth. You can walk around like this. It's not enough that, that we just say, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I know God, and um, I, I, I know, you know, with my head that he loves me. But you let it actually uh, come to the point where it affects how you handle situations. That's when you know it's working. When, when it, it changes how you react, how you behave. So he loves us. He's concerned for us. Let's look at Matthew 6, verse 25. Jesus. You know, and I was praying about, uh, you know, this morning. I just felt impressed. Go this direction. Some of you are like, well, this, is, this can seem simple to some. And, and uh, you know, you check your heart. And I said, no, this is, this is the direction we're going this morning. We can receive from the Word of God, and we can, we can come up uh, in these areas as we look at the Word. Verse 25, Matthew 6, 25, it says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the, be the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? That's a legitimate question. Are you? I mean, we need to think about, because in the, the connotation is, are you of more value to God than these birds that he's taking care of? Not with a, a mental knowledge, but are we more valuable? If, if we really realize, well, or we understand we are, well, then, then we don't have to worry the same way birds aren't are clue. We have a bird at home. You know, we have a, a sun conure, beautiful orange and yellow and green, and that's some blue on there, bird, you know, native of northern um, South Africa. And... Um, you know, we didn't buy them there. That's where they're originally from. And, um, you know, beautiful bird. We talk to him like he knows what we're talking about, but we know he doesn't. <laughs> you know, he come in, we come in the morning. He picked this up a long time ago. At one point, you know, early on, uh, you know, we have a separate cage for him. We have our big cages upstairs. Um, and then we have a cage downstairs for our birds. We used to have two. One of them passed away. But we have uh, one... Uh, we'd have cages downstairs that we put them to sleep in. Well, Shelly would go down in the morning, usually it was her, and she would uncover them and say, good morning. 
Good morning, Finn. And it was Yoshi. Good morning, Yoshi. And I don't know how long it was, but at some point, Finn started saying good morning. Because he would mimic, you know, they're decent talkers. Um, there's some that are a lot better talkers as far as the, the species, but Yoshi know, never talked, but Finn talks. So he, he would start saying good morning, and he says that to this day. The first time you see him in the morning, he's good morning. He says, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Finn, because he's mimicking what Shelly would say. Good morning, Finn. Good morning. Good morning. You look at him, and just it, it's just wild till it wears off, till he gets done saying good morning. Just good morning. Good morning. And you can understand it. It's pretty, it's pretty clear. Good morning. He doesn't know what he's saying. Because he also say it when you haven't seen him for a while. You haven't seen him come in and it's, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. Good morning. <laughs> you haven't seen him for a while. That's what he says. He doesn't know what he's saying. But he says it. We say, good morning, Finn. You know, like we're talking. Hey, we'll talk to him. Hey, Finn, we're, you know, we're going out. We'll see you in a little bit. He does not know what we're saying. You want to know, believe that. They, but they, they don't know what you're saying. And he also... He, he says, step up, you know, like you'd say, they was trained to say step up when you want them to come out. So he says that, he mimics that. And then another thing he, he did is, I don't know why he mimics Shelly uh, as much, but she, her laugh, she was laughing, you know, around, and then he started going, hey, hey, hey. So, <laughs> so she will laugh, you know, Shelly's got a, you know, a, a good laugh. And we'll be at the dinner table, and she's over laughing, and then you'll hear this, <laughs> you know, Finn, I can't do it like Finn does. And the thing is, that's really funny, is we'll be saying something kind of funny, and Shelly won't have laughed, but, you know, we'll start to laugh, and he laughs, because he knows it's time to laugh. He just, he's mimicking, but it's almost like he knows there's a joke, and he will sometimes laugh first. You know, we're kind of like sort of chuckling, and he's laughing. He doesn't get the joke, but he laughs. And so Jesus is saying the birds of the air, they're not taking any care. They're not, well, Finn just, he just goes around and we feed him and we feed him twice a day and change out his water and put his cover at night and then come in and good morning in the morning. And he doesn't know really what's going, I don't know what they know. We, we talk about something. What do they know? Well, Jesus said they, they don't, they're not worried. Verse 20 says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not more value than they are? And he started out saying, don't worry. Go, go back to verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, what, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? See, you know, don't just look at it. That's, that's true, of course, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. But those are the necessities. But you could, you could say whatever you need in life. The stuff that we would tend to worry about. Well, I got this covered. I got my food, whatever. But what about this? That would go back to the same thing. What, what Jesus is saying is you don't worry about that. Why? We're going to get to that. But he says in verse 26, part of it. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? That's the question. Because if we can understand it, that Jesus is saying that the birds don't worry about it, yet they're fed. They don't worry about the next thing. Are you not more valuable to who? To the Father. Are, are you more valuable or not? Well, we need to know. It needs to be an affirmative, yeah. Yes, I am. How would you know that? Well, we, 
you got to come back to the Word. It's not the way you feel. See, we're going over Bible versus Scripture this morning. That has to determine why you know that God loves you. Well, I don't feel love. See, that doesn't have anything to do with it. And a lot of people will feel like, well, I'm distant from God. I just don't know. I'm trying. But the thing is, that is not how you know that God loves you. Because you may feel like he doesn't today. You may feel distant. You may know what your hell, oh, yeah, God loves you, but you may feel a distance. You may feel, you know, you're going through the week and you hit places where I just, you know, I don't know if I'm really connecting. But what is that? That's thoughts. Those are feelings. But that's not, that's not speaking for him. That's not speaking for the Lord. You can't let those things determine that uh, whether God loves you or not. Just because you feel something doesn't mean God changed. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean he doesn't care about a situation. We've all gone through situations where you can feel like, I, I don't sense anything. If I'm going by feelings, I feel nothing. Does that mean God is going by, like your feelings are one way, so all of a sudden God changed? Are you kidding me? Everybody here would, no, God didn't change. But we act like, I don't, but I just don't feel him. I don't feel like, I don't feel like he's, I don't feel like he's given me direction here. And what? If your child, if you, if you have chi- uh, children or let's say a loved one, you know, came and just told you. You, 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 you had told them you love them, you're around them, you're showing them that you love them, and they said, but I just don't feel that you love me today. I don't feel it. It wasn't anything specific. It's just, they, they just, I just don't feel it. You, your reaction wouldn't be, well, oh, well, okay, since you don't feel it, somehow that affected you. No, you would try to help them understand but what if they go to school and they come back, I just didn't feel like you love me all day. Well, they need to understand some things. And maybe there's some things they need to understand. But God, he has given us his word, number one, and you have to go by that. But if you can look at your life, God is, is so merciful and so gracious. And there are so many times, if we'll look, we can be thankful and say, oh, you took care of me here, you took care of me here, you took care of me here. And just because I don't feel it today, if you'll go and say, I'm not going to look at that. I'm just going to say, Lord, I know there, I, you took care of me in this situation. You were so gracious and merciful. And so I know you're doing it in this situation. And if you can point to a situation in your life, especially where you didn't feel like God was there, at some point, but then you saw the resolution of that situation and you saw that he came through and you saw that even though you hadn't felt it, he was doing something and he was faithful to you, well, then you can look at the current situation and go, if I didn't feel it at that point, but he was doing what he said, What's, how is that different from right now? You can't look at what your sense knowledge is telling you. We can't go by that to determine whether or not God uh, cares for us, whether he loves us. If you go by that, 
you will, if you go by sense knowledge, now you start acting on that, you will be fretting. You will be worried because if God actually did abandon you, you do have a reason to worry. But because you feel like he did is not a reason to worry. Which will help settle you in the middle of a situation that you're facing if you just look to him and go, wait, I'm looking to your word. Look at what he said. Thank him for what he has done. Then even in the midst of something pressing on you, you can go, you can go through it. You can get to the other side of it. And trust him. Look at Matthew 6, verse 28. Matthew 6, 28, just the next verse. It says, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, you, O you of little faith? Again, if he's saying, he's talking about clothing and saying, don't worry about clothing. Don't worry about these natural things because he, he clothes the grass of the field. He clothes the lilies. So if uh, those are closed, won't he clothe you, O you of little faith? faith. So you're believing something. You're not believing something if you're worried about it. You're not believing that he loves you. You're believing something else. You're believing your feelings or you're believing circumstance. Verse 31, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the, th the, the day is its own trouble. So verse 31, don't worry about tomorrow. Say, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek are those without God. He's saying godless people, people that don't have God for their heavenly father, that's the way they act. They're wondering what's going to happen. But the next part says, for after all these things the Gentiles seek for, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Well, if he cares for you, if he watches over you, everything that concerns you, if he has made you his personal concern, of course he knows what you need. He would know what you need, what you're going through in your personal life right now at any time. God knows. You don't have to explain it all to him. That doesn't mean you don't talk to him. You can talk to him. You can talk to him about it. But you don't have to go act, acting like he doesn't know because he cares for you. He cares for you intimately. He cares for you completely. And he knows what you need. He also knows what you don't need. Sometimes we get worked up because we think we need something when we don't need it. And we think something should be a certain way when it doesn't need to be that way. 
And so the whole time you're getting anxious because it looks like, you know, if you're just looking at, at uh, sense knowledge and you're just looking at circumstance, you think that God isn't there for you because he didn't do what you thought he should do when in fact he did what you needed him to do. And you are fine. Sometimes when we're believing God, we try to put him in a box and think it should be a certain way. And if it doesn't look, at that, look like that, that can cause more stress than what is actually going on. Because it's not happening this way. You got to be careful. You got to believe God, what he actually says in his word, what his... What, what he has promised you, and then don't put him in a box of, of how that happens. Because you can be like, well, I, I, I did this, and I, I think this should be happening, and so it can lead to, well, where's God? What's going on? Well, again, you come back to, no, no, doesn't matter. God is faithful. He loves me. He cares about me. He knows what's going on. Sometimes we act like he doesn't know what's going on. Like, God, have you seen what is going on? What are you doing? Like, we have to remind him he's out to lunch. God, have you seen? Hello? This is me here. I know there's 8 billion people on the earth. Me here. Do you know what's going on here? I'm telling you, you might have thoughts. How do you eradicate this stuff? Is by getting more grounded in what he said. We won't let that stuff push us. But those, let's be honest, those thoughts come to everybody. Because wait a minute, this is going on. Have you seen? If this doesn't happen by this such and such a time, this is going to happen. What's the implication? Come on, let, we need to do something here. Well, God knows that. He knows what needs to happen. Now we need to believe him. Part of believing in him is you got to trust that he is going to do what he said he's going to do, which in this case, he cares for you and he hasn't checked out. Baseline is God cares for me. So right now, I'm believing that, he, that I'm okay. I'm believing that as I'm trusting him for whatever in his word, I'm believing that I'm okay because he cares for me and he sees and he knows. Well, that, that's, that's kind of, if we can't believe that, how do we trust him for anything else? If we can't believe that, well, he, he cares and he actually sees. If he doesn't care enough to see what's going on, I might as well just forget it right now. If I got to wave my hands and try to get it, it's up to me to get his attention, then he doesn't care. Well, he does care. So I got to eradicate that thinking from my mind. He does care. He knows. It says, verse 32, for all these, after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He knows what you need. He knows what you need, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these things shall be added to you. Look at Mark uh, 4.35. We'll look at an example of this. These people are just like you and me. These are His disciples. Mark 4, verse 35. Mark 4.35 says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he, as he was, 
and other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So notice that, that the first part it says, he said, let us cross over to the other side. So Jesus said, we're going over to the other side. Now a storm came up. So a storm came up. And he is sleeping. And so now they say, don't you care that we're perishing? Just because a storm came up, Jesus said we're going to the other side. Just because there was a storm does not mean they suddenly weren't in the will of God. God said, Jesus is God. God said we're going to the other side. So now a storm came up. You know, if you were going on a flight to Hawaii and there was turbulence on the flight, they don't all of a sudden go, oh, there's a bump, forget it, we're heading back. You're going to paradise. You're on the way on a trip. You're commissioned on the trip. But you hit some bumps. Everybody's like, oh, no, this is the wrong thing. Let's go back. It's a bump. It's turbulence. Just because you hit that doesn't mean you're not supposed to go to Hawaii at that point. Well, just because they hit a storm doesn't mean they're not in the right place. God told them, go over. So here, then they say, they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the word or the wind and the sea obey him? But look back to verse 38. He was in the stern asleep on the pillow. So number one, if the ship is going down, Jesus is going down with it. And they're thinking it's going down. What? We're perishing? What does that mean? Jesus is perishing? He doesn't care? So then they say, why don't you care that we're perishing? Well, if they think, he's on the boat. So if they're going down, he's going down. He's not going to let that happen. And he's not going to let it happen for them. It says, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Look in the ERV. It says, Jesus was inside the boat, sleeping with his head on a pillow. The father, the, his followers, or the followers went and woke him. They said, teacher, don't you care about us? We are going to drown. That's more like what we would say. Teacher, don't, don't you care about us? We're going to drown. Number one, they're not going to drown. They think they're going to drown, but what are they doing? Don't you care? Don't, because what? They th there's something pressing on them that is determined. They think we're going to drown. Well, they're not, but their reaction is, don't you care? Teacher, don't you care? In the NIV, it says the disciples woke up and said to him, don't you care if we drown? 
Well, don't you care? God, don't you care if this is happening in my life? Don't you care? We're going to this. I'm going toward this. Don't you care? See, there's pressure as you walk through life. There's pressure. Yes. Heard somebody just say recently, it, it's not just about knowing the word. It's about being able to manage the emotions and everything that comes through when you're walking in the word. If it were just about being able to recite this stuff back, that's not it. It's in the middle of a storm. So we look at them and go, why didn't they know? Because they're in a big storm. Yes. They don't have the benefit of reading Mark. <laughs> and like some people say, these guys are fishermen, so this is not a minor squall. These guys don't just get upset over every little thing. This is evidently shaking them to they think, we're going to die. Yes. We are going to die here. Well, you could say... Don't think that, don't you know? Jesus said to go over the other side. What are you doing? That's, see, when we look at somebody, we're outside the storm looking at somebody inside the storm. Well, why, don't you just, why don't you just believe God? Yeah. Because you're getting hammered with emotions and pressure at that point. When you're in the middle of something and it's going like this, it's easy to go, well, just quote the word. That's the, the thing is to do it in the middle of it and to stand strong. And in the middle of something that looks like it's going to take you out, go, Nope, God cares for me, and you believe whatever it covers your situation, and stay steady when the circumstances are doing this. How are you going to stay steady? You need to believe something more solid than this. You need to believe something about God and how it relates to you. It's, it, when you're in a situation, you know, I, I played soccer. Uh, growing up, played baseball, played soccer, played tennis. But, you know, I remember this is in the day of VHS tapes. I mean, you can still get them, I guess. Isn't it just archaic that you had to rewind a tape to see a certain part on the tape rather than going, boop? You know, scrub, you just move the little scrubber and you can go to any point you want. I mean, you rented a, a video at Blockbuster and it rewind before returning. You had to, and it'd take however long to get the tape back. Well, this was in that time, and there was a period of time where, um, you know, I would get training videos, uh, just look at them. And I remember this one gentleman, he was Dutch, I think, and he would have all these stepovers and different things. You step that way, step that way, and then go this way, or do it twice, and then go this way, or whatever. You, you, you do that, and you can practice that. Uh, at home, but the point is not to be able to do it in your backyard when there's nobody around and like, look, I can do this. And like, you know, in super slow motion, look how I, I know the move. Look at that. It's perfect form. Look what, let me show you it. I can recite that. I can tell you what it means. I can tell you what the, the, uh, opposing team is supposed to do. They're supposed to take the head fake there and you're going to go this way and you can explain that. The point is not that. The point is to be able to do it in a game in full speed with some dude that knows you might do that and has seen it before and to be able to do it in such a way that it makes him go that way when you go this way under pressure with a guy over here and a guy in front of you and a guy there with all the visibility in the field. That's a whole different thing. And if you're going to go in the middle of the game and go, time out, let me show you my cool move. You start to go, and he's already got the ball, and it's halfway down the, the field. 
And what we act like sometimes is, oh, I know that. Let me show you. Boom. And we're on our back and going, God, where are you? And it's like, but see, that's the deal is that you're in the middle of the pressure. Satan will tell you, it ain't going to work. You're going to drown. Ah! And you go running to Jesus. Jesus, where are you? You don't care? Whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't I tell you this? No, no, no. Just one little thought. You know, there's a thought that, th that we're not going to get out of this. Drop everything and where's God? And I'm worrying about it. No, when you're dealing with something, there's got to be enough in us, enough belief in the foundation that when the pressure comes that we're able to be like, and full motion. The dude's coming at you. You're not like, stop, do it. You're like, you go and are able to process all that, be able to perform what needs to be performed, get around him, and actually move on to the next thing. That's, that's called when we're in life, and there is like a storm, and there's something pushing on us that we go back to what we know and say, God is with me right here. And your sight goes, where? We're going to die. If I look at what's going on, we're going to die. No, we need to go back and say, no, but, but he, God cares for me. He knows what's going on. He sees this, and I am not going down. It's not that he doesn't care if I drown. Number one, I'm not going to drown. Number two, he does care. And that's a lie, and I'm not going to even go down that way. Well, I got to have something settled in there. I got to know something. I have to be convinced that he cares for me. That's the only, I can't just be going, don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. No, something has to undergird that to where I just don't worry. I'm able to do because something, that doesn't mean you don't need to push back, but you push back with something. You push back because he loves us. Because he cares for us, because he's watching over me. And if, if we believe all these things, you know, the way it's, that he's looking, he cares for me affectionately, he did not check out when we're going through the toughest thing we ever went through. Because we're going through something hard is not correlated to him checking out. It just means it's being pushed on us. So at that point, we need to say, if he knows, if he was with me in that sunny day situation, he is absolutely with me here, and we're going through. And in the face of that, you say, oh, I'm not dying. That's not happening. We're going over because he loves me, and he is with me. Amen. Period. Amen. Now you can actually get to the other side. Because he's a faithful God and he cares for me. Amen. Amen. Amen.